0: Welcome back to the greatest carp fishing podcast in the world. It's not the quarter podcast, it is the Carp Chronicles podcast, episode number 51. And two things are going to be happening in this episode. First thing, I'm going to be drinking copious amounts of beer. So, you know, no surprises there for many of you, but it's going to happen. And second thing that's going to happen is I'm answering your questions. So I put a post up on Instagram the other day. If you don't follow us there, you really should. Uh, asking for your questions, saying I was going to do a solo episode, which I am. Um, and here we are. Many of you have submitted questions. I'm going to do my best to get through them all. And in all honesty, I'm a little bit short on time. Um, so I would imagine this is going to be broken down into a two-parter. I'll answer half the questions tonight, and then I'll answer the other half another night. Um Time is is of the essence for me right now, to be honest. Really, really busy with with work and, and things like that. And um yeah, this this podcast is a big drain on time, to be honest with you, more than perhaps you realise. But nonetheless, I realise people want it to be consistent. Like you, you don't want to wait a month or two between episodes. I understand that. So I'm gonna do my absolute best to to keep these episodes rolling out um in a nice kind of quick fashion for you all. Oh, yeah, bit of exciting news for me at least. OptiBaits, my bait company. Um, check it out, optibaits.com. I'm now selling our flavors in 100ml bottles. Now, this has been a criticism of people in the past. Um, up until now, I've been selling our flavors in 50ml glass bottles, um, which is enough for people wanting to make some hook baits, etc. But those of you that want to like use them in a feed bait, and you're going to be going through a lot of flavor, uh, it, I realize you want bigger bottles as well as that. I realize our our flavors are quite expensive. It isn't because I've just slapped a massive markup on them. I promise you, it's because they're actually all tailored to me. They have lots of extras in there. That, the the flavors I you would be shocked at the length I go to actually to create these flavors. You really really would. Um, they are very very different from you know the other companies that just buy them from. Uh, whatever company it may be and just relabel it. you know I actually put my own twist on all of our flavors. Um, a lot of them are made to to my specification and when I get the flavors every single flavor, I have trialed them and I have tweaked them and I changed them so they are how I think they should be and how they perform best. Um, so yeah anyway, that's why they're expensive. but good news I've bulk bought a shed load of bottles which is a bit crazy. I don't know where I'm going to keep them all. Um, and it's made them much cheaper. As well as that, I have bulk bought in different aspects, different components of the flavour. So long story short, I can offer 100ml bottles of the flavours at not ridiculous money. Um, a little bit more expensive than obviously the 50ml bottles, but I've saved on the flavour because I've bought in bulk. I've saved on the bottles because I've bought in bulk. So yeah, one hundred flavours. That is now what we sell. You can't get the 50 mil bottles anymore. They're all sold in the 100 mil, and they are priced as cheap as I can possibly make them for. Um, so yeah, worth checking out, optibates.com. Probably worth mentioning as well before we jump in, I'm actually not at home as I record this. So I'm on a slightly different microphone. Uh, hopefully the quality is okay for you. It's not going to be as good as my usual microphone um but it it should be pretty good certainly good enough to to listen along to so should be fine just thought i would mention that anyway before we jump in gotta mention we are very kindly brought to you by bpmilling.co.uk go ahead check them out fantastic sustainable feeds for fishery owners as well as anglers that want something a little bit different Um, i use the smart mix pellets i like them um, I cannot see myself stopping using them anytime soon so please go ahead check out bpmilling.co.uk check out the YouTube as well um, he's got some really good videos on there with that being said let's jump into the episode where as I said I'm going to be answering your questions now I've had a lot of questions um, some of them I'm going to be honest a little bit silly I'm not going to mention those I'm not going to read those out uh, and I'm sure the people that sent them don't expect me to but if you sent a question in and it's a serious question, I'm going to do my absolute best to cover it today. Um, so, yeah, let's jump straight into it without further ado. And I'm going to start with quite a long question. Um, I actually offered this up on Instagram. I put a little. Uh, if you're not on Instagram, you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but I put up a story and put a little box where you can answer me a question and you can only fit a certain amount of letters into that box so some people messaged a more lengthy question which is absolutely fine I'm going to start off with one of those lengthy questions okay so I'm going to read it out and by the way I I haven't you know gone through these questions and thought what I'm going to say I'm literally kind of doing it on the fly with you I don't know if that's going to sound annoying um, let me know if it does but yeah I'm going to read them out and, and respond in real time as it were um, so Chris has asked uh, 75 acre northern reservoir not fished all that much for carp only often only the carp on. so he's often only the carp on. rumored to be f- between 20 to 60 carp okay so 20 to 60 carp in the 75 acres I only fish Friday nights after work this year I've had 10 bites from end of July to November started baiting three to four weeks first bite been baiting every morning, half to three quarters of a kilo of boilies. Had seven bites, two fish, and one more. Took a big camel and moved my baiting to the other side of the lake to try and avoid any more recaptures. Um, She's so had recaptures here. Okay. Started introducing around 100 tigers each day too. Paid off and had two new fish, but the last bite was from one of the fish I moved to avoid. My question... Have you or anyone you know experienced anything like this? Why do you think it happened? I think what this guy is asking is he's had some recaptures. So he was fishing an area, baiting it up. He's had a few recaptures, so he's moved to a different area, presumably thinking maybe the fish are territorial, so he's going to get some other fish. And he's had uh, two different fish and one of the same. I mean, look, some fish will just get caught more than others. I mean, and we could go deep into this. and In fact, let's, you know, fuck it. Let's go deep into it. I think, you know, obviously some fish will just, they, you know, throw caution to the wind and they'll just get down and they will eat um, and, uh, and they're less precautious than other fish. I think that has something to do with it. I think other things that are worth mentioning is how fish feed. Now, a lot of this comes down to not just the fish's character type, but the fish's body type you'll see different shaped fish will feed differently. So for an example, a very long torpedo type common. It could be a could be a mirror. But let's say a classic cricket bat common. Um, that's gonna feed very, very different to uh I'm being stereotypical here, but uh you know, a short, uh, fat you know, leather, for example, or Italian style fish. You know, those Italians tend to have you know, real sloping head, big gut, that fish is going to feed very, very differently to, you know, a cricket bat common or a long torpedo type fish. So you have to bear that in mind. I mean, more of, it's not so much bait, but it's more rigs. So if your rigs are not well equipped for a stationary feeding style or a more moving state, uh, feeding style, then you're going to, kind of pitch your catches towards a certain type of of fish um i I fished lakes before where i've been targeting a certain carp and it's had a you know x body shape for example a certain body shape and i've changed rigs because i think oh it's feeding differently or i've been fishing on steep marginal shelves and i've thought well how is the fish going to come in and feed on this shelf i can't i can't put my bait on somewhere flat I don't want to fish there or there isn't a flat area for example so my bait is going to be on a slope a where is that what direction is that fish going to come from and b how is it going to pick it up what's the angle of its mouth going to be what's the angle of its body going to be and I realize some people listening think this is going a little bit too far but it's actually not um it's actually a really valid point and we can you know we can look into bait as deep as we want and try and find, you know, the latest thing that's going to trigger them to feed and all that jazz, but actually, you know, really significant is how the fish picks up the bait. You know, if it is just, if it's stationary hoovering, for example, you need your rig to work with that. If it's moving from bait to bait, you need your, your rig to work, you know, with that. Um, if it's upending, you know, your rig needs to accommodate that. If it's not upending and its belly's basically touching the floor, it's kind of like, you know, hoovering down, your rig needs to be able to accommodate that. So I think this uh, this is really, really relevant and perhaps not enough people look into it. So that's one thing. Anyway, waffling on, Chris? That's one thing. Maybe it's your rigs are pitching towards that. Maybe it's just the fish that you've caught, are the, you know, quote unquote friendly fish and they get caught much more maybe it's bait. Okay. This is the last kind of thing that I would say. Well, actually it's not the last thing, but the next thing I would say is bait. Um, different fish have different preferences for different bait. This has been covered in previous podcasts to, you know, quite a large degree, I feel. So, you know, I'm sure you're all familiar with this, but yeah, certain fish will prefer certain baits. So maybe that's it. Um, and again, as you said in your message, you've moved Maybe it is a territorial thing. The the one that you got caught that got caught in your old spot and then your new one, maybe it's moved around. You know, absolutely plausible. Um, maybe try different areas. It's it's so difficult, isn't it? And this is this is the beauty of cart fishing. There are so many different variables. And I don't know about you, but when I fish a lake I kind of, I, I see things like that and I just get a feeling for what I think is right. And I'm not always right. Um, but more on, kind of more often than not, you are right. Actually, if you, if you trust your gut instinct, um, I'm a big believer in that. I, I do, I trust my gut instinct. Um, so whilst I think it's useful to like analyze this and break it down and think about the possibilities, I also think it's, you know, really worthwhile just trusting your gut, trusting your instinct and going with that. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much more than, than that that I can say about it. Um, it it's a, it's a, without knowing the water and without fishing it, it's a difficult one. Um, I mean, the ultimate thing is if there's fish you haven't caught that you want to catch, I'm pre- presuming that's the case. Find those fish, you know, get up a tree, look for the fish. Not enough people do this. I it, I do short sessions now. I will not cast out unless I know for a fact there is a, at least a fish there. Normally, nine times out of ten, I won't cast out unless it's a fish I want to actually catch. Um, but I have to know carp are in the area for me to cast out. So, you know, try and find the fish that you want to catch. And then, you know, process of, of elimination. Fish for them there. Are they interested in the feed? Yes or no? or well, maybe it's not an area that they feed, or maybe they're not interested in the bait. I and, mean, you know, strip it back like that. Um, I don't feel like I've answered your, your question very well, Chris, and I apologize about that. Um, but it's it's just, it's difficult for, for me to answer without knowing the water more. Oh, I've just realized there's a second half to this. Uh, he's given some more info. Um, sorry, 9 out of 10 bites have been between 5 and 9 a.m., I bait up at six AM every morning, so I think they have been trained to turn up and feed at that baiting time, yeah, quite possibly. I'm using all four bait works boilies. I'm jumping back and forth through messages. Lots of wild swimmers come in the morning, three to four bites, have been within fifteen minutes of a swimmer swimming over the baited area. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Carp are inquisitive. They really are. And they're not they're not as shy and as spooky of that kind of thing you know boats and swimmers as we'd think they were um uh one was a lady swam over the spot and as it took line stayed under the swimmer to the point i thought for a, the first couple of minutes she may have tethered my line until i turned the fish but the lady showed no signs of struggling or attaching the line yeah it's very interesting very very interesting you know it, it's as I said, these uh, these kind of boating lakes where there's boats flying around, windsurfers, paddleboarders, swimmers, you'd think the cart would be like getting well out of the way. That's not always the case. Um, you've got to remember they're used to it day in, day out, aren't they? Certainly through the summer months. So they get used to it. And uh, as I said, they definitely have a, an inquisitive side. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. Same as diving birds. You know, I'm pretty much all of us, I'm sure, that fish these pits with lots of bird life there can be fish uh, sorry there can be birds diving on you and you'll get a you'll get a take in the middle of it and you think it's a bird pickup and it turns out to be a carp um you know they're then they're, they're they're pretty tough animals really they're, they're not too spooky um i hope that helps chris anyway apologies if i haven't answered it well enough for you um but yeah tough one right next question uh what would be your starting point when designing a new base mix? Oof, good question um, from Damon. It depends. Um, it depends what I'm doing. So I've designed base mixes around a new product that I wanted to use or, you know, a, a new product, whether it was new to the market, whether it was new to me, um, a new discovery. Um, then I'd perhaps build one around that, you know, um, me give you an example. I've had times that I've really looked into different spices, um, and I've designed a bait around that. Another instance would be targeting a water, um, which is kind of how my hydro milk base mix came about. Um, wanted a, a high protein, high milk protein, high refined milk protein bait, I should say, um, for for various reasons that I've spoke about before. Design that the, the the water you know that was most people are using either fish meals or nut baits. There's a lot of water see these days. Um, I wanted something different. I wanted something that would switch on the bigger fish, the older fish. Um, so I started kind of developing that that hydro milk base mix. Um, so that was the inspiration for that. Um, yeah. So it, it usually it's dictated by either there's a product or a theme I want to explore, um, or nine times out of 10, it's it's the water I'm fishing. So I don't think this year I'm using X bait. You know, I'll, I'll go to a water, get a new ticket or what have you, and I'll think, okay, well, look, here's what's happening. This is the, the type of fish that they are, whether they're young, old, usually it's old for me, um, out of preference anyway. Um, are they big, or are they small? Again, usually big, ideally, same as all of us, right? Um, are they commons? Are they mirrors? And wh- more importantly, like, what is everyone else feeding? What are they seeing as their as their, you know, staple food from anglers? Are most people on fish meals? Are most people on kind of bird foods or you know, nut baits like uh, what is it, the cell and Manila? You know, I, I, I don't know if you would class them as nut baits or cereal, probably cereal baits, aren't they? Um, those you get used a hell of a lot um same as you know of waters dominated by fish mills. i get that so i would use that as a kind of meat stick and say okay well look this is what the carp are mostly seeing coinciding with their natural food source which is really important if they're just surviving off of anglers bait and not much else you know the odd bit of um you know lake natural so to speak then that's one thing if the lake is absolutely riddled with naturals um that's a different thing you know and I would I'd would accommodate my base mix to suit that um, but really nowadays I've got a, a fish meal mix that I'm very happy with it's extremely soluble it's extremely attractive I could waffle on about that for ages I'm very happy with that then I've got the um, the hydro milk which is more of a kind of specialized bait. it's quite expensive very expensive in fact um, and then I, I do have a little kind of like creamy bird food, uh, which is a bit of a cheaper mix, which I could you know bait on mass if wanted to. Um, generally, a water will fit into those three things. Um, but yeah, to answer your question in short, what would be your starting point? It, it would be either the fish I'm fishing for, or it'd be exploring a new product. Hope that helps. Um, <clears throat> next question: What is your most underrated product? It's a good question. Um, underrated, well, I'm going to read that as undersold because it tends to be the people that buy my products, like they, they repeat buy. um, I was looking at this the other day, actually the other week, uh, I can look at my kind of go into the back end of my website and it shows me what customers buy. Um, and yeah, a lot of repeat, repeat buys. Uh, I would say the most under, choco stim. So, and I kind of get that actually. Choco Stim, if you don't know, is a uh, hook bait spray. It's a blend of amino acids that I've put together with some other bits alongside an old school chocolate flavour, which is actually, and I don't mind telling you, it is the Choc Bee flavour, which was famous uh, flavour from Unbar Rotherham. Um, It was used a lot back in the day. It's probably not used as much now. Well, in fact, it definitely isn't. Um, But it's just an epic flavor. People used to use it with Tiger Nuts particles um, as well as, you know, other things. Um, But yeah, that spray is basically, there's some of that chalk Bee in it. um, And there's a shed load of aminos, a couple of organics and some other little bits and pieces. I'm not one for bait sprays. I don't like them. I think it's a gimmick, same as all these glugs and things that these different companies do. But so many people asked me for a bait spray. I thought, OK, well, look, if I was to make a bait spray, if I was to use it myself, what is the very best bait spray, excuse me, bait spray I could make? Um, and it had to be based around amino acids um, because I, I really believe in their ability to, to trigger feeding. Um, so yeah I've looked at the attraction side of it and obviously I've looked at the well it's not obvious actually because most companies don't but I've looked at the taste side of it the gustation side of it which I think is really important. Far too many people think about attraction what's attractive not enough people think about what's going to taste good to the carp. You can't want to eat things that taste good not just allure them to be like oh what's that and it tastes like shit because bear in mind carp taste before they actually Bring it into their mouth. They're not going to bring it into their mouth if it tastes like shit. So, um, oh, that's a bit of a pun actually, because they might be attracted to shit because of you know digested proteins, etc. Anyway, getting a bit geeky. Um, so yeah. Anyway, most underrated product, I would say the Choco Stim. I'm going to pick another uh, because why not? It's my podcast and the Strange Fruit flavor. I don't know what it is, but hardly anyone has bought it. The people that have bought it keep buying more. So it's a, it's a very good flavor. Um, it's one of my top... One of the best flavors I have ever used is that strange fruit. And I would say that with complete honesty. Um, in a, I have a fish mix. In the fish mix, I'm either using that or the wizard or a combo of the two. Usually a combo of the two. Uh, but that is a ridiculously good flavor. It didn't take off. I don't know whether the blurb on the website doesn't sound very good or whether the name is shit. I don't know what it is, but not many people have bought it. Uh, But the people that have bought it keep buying a lot of it. So yeah, I would say those two things, Choco Stim and Strange Fruit. Next question is a time when you seriously struggled to overcome a tricky group of carp in a lake. Oof. Good question. Um, damn. Okay. What what about it? I, I've had those times. Yeah, definitely. Um, you want me to tell a story about it? Or you want me to, to say... I, I don't really know what the question is. Um, let me read it again. Uh, this is from David, uh, who messages a lot, actually. I appreciate you, David. Um, what's he said? A time when you've seriously struggled to overcome a tricky group of carp in a lake. Yeah, I mean, oh, every lake. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, yeah, I struggle. I do struggle sometimes. Um, I really, really do. Um, if you want a kind of like epic story where I've really struggled and then it's all come good. I'm trying to scratch my brain. I don't think that has really happened, to be honest. Um, I think I get pretty lucky. Like I'm, I'm a very lucky angler. I feel like I am. Um, there was a carp that it took me a long time to catch. It wasn't a group of carp. So I'm kind of cheating. Um, but there was one carp in a lake that it did. I really wanted it. Um, I really, really wanted it. Um, that took me quite a while to catch. And I was doing what I thought at the time I thought I was doing everything right um, to catch it, but for whatever reason I just could not catch it um, I kept ringing the changes ringing the changes ringing the changes and in the end what I resorted to were uh, my memory is a little bit shaky because this is probably I don't know I don't know how many years ago many years ago well over ten years ago. Um, but in the end, what I did was I fished because I, up until then, I was fishing a, uh, over a lot of bait. Um, yeah. I, I would I would always fish over bait of some sort, um, you know, wh- whether that was just a, a kilo, or whether that was you know, five or seven or 10 kilos. Back then, I was fishing a lot more than I am now. Um, perhaps I'll fill you into my own fishing soon. Uh, but back then I was doing several nights a week and yeah, I was baiting it. I was, I was, I was really kind of dedicating myself to it. Um, now, all of the fish I caught and I caught a lot of fish, uh, more than, I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but more than anyone else did at that time. But that's probably because I was fishing it a lot more. Um, I was catching a lot of fish, couldn't get this fish. It had been caught, but you know, whilst I was there. Um, but I couldn't get it, and that was kind of odd to me because I felt like I was completely in tune with the lake. Um, I knew I, I could turn up and I would just look at the I just knew where they would be, and I was right. And, and again, that's not me tooting my own horn, it's just because I spent so much freaking time there. Like, I would walk it most days, I'd fish it several nights a week, I kept the bait going in. I was just, and this happened, this was over a very long period of time. Um, but yeah i just wouldn't catch it Uh, so in the end instead of fishing over bait what i did was i fished a single hook bait for a while Uh, i came up with this um i think i called it fruit aminos and i lost the recipe for it i think i've mentioned this before Um, i lost the recipe for this um, little hook bait i made um, but i actually found the recipe not too long ago which is quite exciting for me at least um but anyway going off on a tangent yeah fruit aminos I called it <laughs> I don't know why I named it back then I'd no no intention of selling bait back then but anyway I named it um and I just fished singles in the decaying um de- fringe lilies there was fringe lilies that absolutely smothered the lake uh, and I mean smothered the lake a lot of the time it would be out in the boat to retain uh, to to get fish back in and yeah so it was around about this time of year, actually, when I caught it, I think maybe December time, um, there are obviously the, the, the lily beds were well and truly died back. Um, and I was just, I was, my tactic was fishing single hook baits so of this Aminos, um, fruit, fruit Aminos hook bait I put together, fishing singles in with that. Um, and then, yeah, I caught it and that's how I did it. Uh, I mean, look, you never know maybe if I'd carried on fishing over bait, I was using very rich fish meals at the time, maybe I would have caught it that way, but I didn't. And then I switched tactics and soon after I caught, so, you know, I would put in my head, well, it was because, you know, that was a better tactic for that particular fish. Um, This fish had been caught over bait before, but I noted only over, well, over the, the two captures that I knew about, it was caught over um again from memory. This is probably 10, 15 years ago, something like that. I think it was just caught over maize or sweet corn, which again bright baits. Um can't remember my thought process at the time, but I decided to go for one bright hook bait. And yeah, it came it all came good in the end. Uh, yeah, very memorable capture for me. I was absolutely made up with that. Right. Next question. Um, What would be your starting point? Oh, no, no, no. done that. (laughs) When is OptiBates releasing the hydrolyzed basking shark's liver? I've got no idea what you're on about. Um, I don't know if that's that's obviously in reference to something that's been said. I don't know, dude. Sorry. uh, It's lost on me. Um, I imagine this is part of a podcast where I was well and truly pissed up on and I don't remember. So apologies. Next question, binders to use instead of egg products, cut down boil slash steam times, soy ball, paste. Yeah. Do you know what? I've not really done much in the way of uh, trying to eradicate eggs from the mix. I realize some people are worried about the trypsin inhibitor in eggs, but the reality is once that's heated, it's not a problem. Um, A lot of the companies now they won't use eggs because you've got to remember it's a pain in the ass buying a shitload of eggs, cracking them. You've got to dispose of the shell somehow. Although some companies will say, of course, they leave the shell in for added quote unquote crunch factor. Um, basically, it just makes their life easier. Crunch fa- I'll go on to that in a different, uh, different moment. Um, but yeah, you've got to understand it's a Egg for most companies to actually use eggs in their production so they will use powdered egg um, you can get whole egg powder from all of the big uh, bait supplies AA baits british aqua feeds and yeah a lot of people use that i have used that before um you mix it up with water into a solution and then use it as you would do an egg but that's pretty much it as far as i've gone with it to be honest and i stopped using it and i went back to real eggs um so for me, in the bait I make for myself and the hook baits that I sell, I use very good quality eggs from, um, It's actually a client of mine who lives not too far away um, and she provides me with chicken eggs that are very fresh, very good quality and her chickens are fed, uh, you know, a vegetable diet. Look, like, I'm not saying you need to go to that that length or anything, That's just what I do, just get some chicken eggs, um, it's fine. But me, I'm like, I have a very intense mind. Like if I could use a better, if I could just use a, like a normal egg from a supermarket or I could use this like super healthy egg from this chicken that runs around with the family and it's happy and it has a great diet and it's, I would use that one any day of the week. Yes, it's more expensive, but it's a healthier chicken. It's a healthier egg. Why wouldn't I do that? Um, but that's just me. I'm a little bit, you know, a little bit different like that um, and I like the fact I'm like that. I don't want to, don't want to be any different. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, look, people use different, uh, you know, blood, blood powders. Um, uh, as I said, egg powders, there's lots of different things you can do. You can utilize, uh, whey gel. You can get around it. You can eradicate eggs if you want to. I'm just, I'm not an authority to speak on that because I haven't done it. I haven't done much of it. So, apologies, but I can't answer your question on that one. Um, next one. Can you roll me your protein mix? No, I can't. <laughs> because do you know why? I don't want to. Uh, sorry if that sounds rude, but I'm selling a base mix now. Um, even that is a pain in the ass. Bear in mind, I'm doing this OptiBates as a hobby because I love it because the, catch reports and the messages i get from people i know it sounds cheesy blah 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 blah. but i actually really freaking like it um i'm enjoying it but if i had to roll people bait i just a i would hate it b i don't have time for that this isn't my like this isn't my main income in fact it's it's not any income the the company owes me money um optibates is not profitable but, uh you know slowly I'd like to think that I'd at least break even <laughs> it would be nice wouldn't it but yeah it's not for the money so I'm definitely not going to be wasting hours and hours to roll bait for people to sell with absolute minimal markup. Um so yeah sorry buddy no I can't um, but people will roll for you uh, you could buy the base mix from me and, and pay someone a rolling fee be really careful they don't cut it down or do anything like that because like, I just, I would hate that, <laughs> I've put my heart and soul in these mixes, um, so yeah, please, you know, do your due diligence, sorry, your due diligence, and make sure whoever's rolling it for you is doing a good job, but yeah, anyway, long story short, no, sorry mate, can't roll it for you, um, fishing, a shallow silty lake, mostly smelly silt, ideal baits and application of it, cheers, so, if you're rolling your own bait, I would recommend using a an oil based flavour. Um, so our strawberry, Mo, strange fruit, and wizard—they're all oil based. The strange fruit is actually a mix. It's a very odd flavour, um, but all those three flavours will people will say they repel the silt. They don't. They just stay within the boilie much more efficiently. Um, and, and yeah, I guess they, I guess you could argue that it stops the sediment, the silt smell onboarding. Um, it's a complicated thing, but, but yeah, those, those oil-based flavors would be the way to go. Um, you know, look, other companies sell oil-based flavors, not many of them, um, but they do. So I'm not saying you have to use ours, but that's what I would do. Even if you're just rolling up your own hook baits, use an oil-based flavor as I said, it will retain within the bait and it won't taint. That being said, look, carps will shove past their gills into nasty, decaying silt and feed with absolute gusto. So don't let it put you off. The carp know where food is. doesn't matter that there's nasty silt there and they will feed on it. That being said, me personally, if I wanted to, to feed in, oh, sorry, if I wanted to fish in Dirty silt, and I do sometimes, and I don't really fish those waters now. I like to use a bait which, yeah, has this, you know, quote unquote repellent property to it. Um, and the way to do that, use an oil based flavor. Um, in fact, I've just been going back and forth with uh, a listener, helping him create a bait. He's fishing this water, and the silt is very, certainly in the area he wants to fish, is very, very soft. So the baits sink in it. Um, and it's very, very smelly. So we've been designing a bait, which will actually, it's a light bait, it just about sinks, so it won't go too deep within the silt. Many of them, from understanding his kind of, he's been looking at them and testing them, etc. many of the baits will actually sit on top of the soft silt, which is great, because you've got the visual aspect of the cart. So you're not just relying on the, the smells given off, you're relying on the visual aspect um and yeah and we're using or he's using that alongside um the, the strange fruit flavor um so yeah you can if you do i don't know if you roll your own bait or not but if you do you can perhaps make them lighter or change them um so they actually sit on top of the silt takes quite a lot of work i've spent so much time with with that guy coming up with this base mix i was thinking the other day this is not nothing against the guy at all because i was happy to help him um and he was a really really nice bloke but, you know, I probably spent, I don't know, two to three hours with him back and forth, emails, coming up with different things. And uh, yeah, I can't really be doing that too much. So if you're listening to this thinking, oh, great, he'll, he can help me with, with my mix. Yeah, in the nicest way possible. I probably can't because I just don't have time to do it for everyone. Um, so yeah, I just thought I'd put that warning out there. I did think about actually coming up, you know, putting something on the website saying, look, if you want, um like consultancy like here's the fee per hour or whatever and I know that sounds super cheeky and uh, and kind of bullshit for one of a better phrase but like I work for a living this this is a hobby and um yeah it's very difficult to sacrifice several hours to helping people as much as I like to do it I have to, I have to come to a point where I'm thinking that I'm uh I'm losing out of my other business which is my main breadwinner which is my only breadwinner to be honest um, anyway, I'm waffling on. The beers are well and truly kicked in. By the way, typically of the episode, um, I'm just on nothing fancy. I'm just on the Cronenbergs um, this evening. I've had quite a few before I hit record. You'll probably tell. Um, probably maybe a little bit slurry. I don't know. But uh, yeah, they're going down very very well. So typically of the episode is Cronenberg, which isn't my usual beer, but you know, that's what I got. Um, next question is gonna be from brian do you think pet foods and bird foods are still good to use in cart baits and what time of year are they best you're an interesting question i think it depends on what pet food you're on about um and what bird food i mean bird foods to use in a boilie production i think i said this to dean on the last episode i did with dean (sighs) I struggle to see the value in buying a ready-made bird food now. If you look at that, if you look at what makes that bird food up, you could make what the, the the bits of it that you want, you can buy them separately and just make that yourself. And most of those bird foods have things in that you don't really want in there. You know whether that's extra egg for me I wouldn't want extra egg in there, whether that's soya again me I wouldn't want soya in there. Or whatever it might be, you can just make it up yourself without those extra bits. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I've used, I've rolled many a bird food bait in my time, um, but nowadays, I have a, a bird food type mix, which I call the cotswold Cream mix. It's not really a bird food. It's not really a cereal bait. It's not really a milk bait. It's not really a nut bait. It's like its own thing. Um, but I guess you could liken it to a bird food um, and yeah and I add those things in individually um, and it works very very well um, so yeah if you're all in boilies it's easy isn't it it's convenient to buy a, a bird food Orlux do them um, Quico do do them as well both of those companies do good bird foods not cheap um, anymore but yeah they're good it's convenient I get it um, in terms of pet foods um i'm trying to think of a pet of an ingredient that's sold for pets that i use uh boost 250 is a is a bird vitamin liquid which is quite good for for carp baits i i don't use that now but i've used that years ago and that was good i use um pedigree chum mixers for surface fishing not i don't do much of that i've used cat biscuits ground down um which can be very very good as well but yeah Again, time and place, probably not what I would do now. Really, I exclusively fish with boilies and I add powders on top and liquids on top of the boilies. Um, I do use particles sometimes as well. Um, I like nuts. I like peanuts. I like tiger nuts. Um, But yeah, I don't use those kind of pet foods too much, to be honest with you. Oh, pigeon conditioner I used to use a lot, but again, I don't use that now. But pigeon conditioner, yeah, good good, it's a very good, uh, a very good particle. I'd happily use that. Um, so yeah, personal preference. If i if I was fishing a water and I wanted to fish particles, generally I'd use groats, hemp, um, and some maize. I like those. If I can use nuts, I'd use peanuts as well. Um, tiger nuts maybe, and I'd be a happy boy. Hopefully that answers your, your question. Um, next question is, hook baits are easy money they are not not for me they're not uh but anyway hook baits are easy money are you guys planning to introduce special developed hydros and so i don't know where you are well i don't know where you've been but yeah we do i do i have my glm green lip muscle hydro blend which isn't pure green lip muscle i make this perfectly clear on the website and in the blurb and everything uh, but it's all based around the attractiveness of green lit muscle, which for me, I am a massive advocate of. I always have been. Um, green lit muscle extract, very, very good product. Very hard to get hold of the real top quality good stuff, um, but it is such a good ingredient. It's unreal. So, yeah, I have my Hydro Blend, which is actually a brand of hydrolyzed ingredients, loads of green lit muscle and some fermented ingredients as well that blend has caught ridiculously well biggest carp it's ever done is an upper 60 from lake bled um and it's done huge carp over here as well um in fact i put on the story on instagram story not so long ago um it's caught numerous 40s um and 50 and a 50 i had someone reply like, basically saying i was full of shit um dude i'm not full of shit like it actually has caught those fish i don't know what else to say it just things like that is just like okay makes me not want to put anything out there and if you notice if you look at my social media i'm not a salesy guy like i don't i don't even post my own catch reports um i like to keep things private but yeah no the 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 product's done very very well um and there's a, a powdered component to go with it um which, I mean, they work very well together. You can use them separately. Um, But yeah, the GLM Primer Powder, I use it for bags and sticks, but also I coat boilies with it. So I'll drizzle the GLM Hydro Blend, which is the liquid on, and then I'll cover it with the the powder. um, And I'll do that several times onto boilies. It works so freaking well um, because you've got a readily released um, cloud of attraction coming out of your bait. It, It just... just it really does make a profound difference um so yeah anyway i'm waffling on but you're late i've already released released a special developed hydro um already been done and the powder as well to go with it and uh yeah hopefully that answers your question uh next question is do you think there is mileage in bacteria active baits brackets not sure if you can name Them, but like SAE bacteria one (coughs) bacteria B1, yeah, I can name them, I don't mind naming other companies, don't bother me at all. Um, I'm not familiar with them, I've never heard of them. Um, bacteria active baits, I mean, presume, I mean, bacteria as far as I'm aware, but we have to be carefully scientific here. But bacteria itself, I don't believe, is attractive to carp. I'm presuming the bacteria is liberating something from the feed matter, which is attractive to carp. Um, and I can think of a few things that may be at play. But that uh, sounds, I mean, I might be wrong. it Sounds like a bit of a fad type thing. Um, again, I, you know, I'd have to really look into it. I don't know everything about bait. I really don't. No one does, do they? You you know, there's endless different facets of it that you could look into, but bacteria-active baits. I mean, I don't know what does that even mean. Bacteria-active baits. Well, my baits, when I put them in the water, they're active to bacteria, so they are active. Sorry, they are bacteria-active. So yeah, I mean, you could argue all baits are active to bacteria. So I'm not really sure where the the company is coming from with that again there might be something i'm overlooking they might be doing something i don't know if you are what baits is it s-a-e bacteria be you know don't come and try and sue me you know i'm not saying your bait shit <laughs> i'm sure it's very good but yeah i mean bacteria active what's that even mean i don't really get that uh, don't really get that at all it just turning baits yeah i like turning baits Yeah. Um there's different ingredients you can put in that will enhance bait's turning. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Um yeah, but it's not the bacteria that I'm after, the bacteria just one part of the um of the puzzle. Don't know if that helps or not. Apologies if it doesn't. Um next one is do you think that smaller independent bait companies produce better bait? I think that they can produce better bait and they have the ability to, but then again, I think the big boys—they have the ability to because they have the funding, they have the money behind them. Um, do they? Do the smaller companies necessarily produce better bait? Not necessarily. No, not at all. I, I mean, there are so many small companies out there now. I am pretty sure a lot of it is absolute dog shit. Like I really think that there's so many of these little companies now, and and you look at the you know quote unquote credentials of people that own it. They might talk a good game, but they're freaking clueless. Um, and you can even spot this by reading some of the blurbs. Some of them just write ridiculous stuff, which you just know is is absolute bullshit just by looking at it. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think can small independent companies produce a better bait? Well, I suppose better than what? Better than the main, the big boys? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I do think so. Um, do they necessarily do it? No. Obviously, I'd like to think that I do. Um, my company has got to understand it's very different. I'm genuinely not doing it for a living. I'm, As I said, I lose money on it. I've lost money on it. It's a bit different for me than these other guys that are doing it for a living. And again, I don't want to shit over anyone's business. I really don't. Um, but yeah, I would be, I'd be very careful about who I bought bait from if I was to buy bait. Uh, many of you know... When I wasn't rolling my own bait, I was buying from Kenny Gates. Um, really rated his bait. Very, very good quality. I lo- really like Kenny as well. He's a top guy. Um, really puts his heart and soul into his baits. Dean Towie from Scientific Baits, you know, exactly the same goes. I would happily use his bait in a heartbeat if I if I needed to buy bait. Both of those guys, absolutely solid. You know, very, very good baits. Rolling baits as well. It was interesting talking to Dave Moore. Um, again happily use those baits. Um and yeah, they're smaller guys. I suppose rolling baits are a bit bigger. But uh yeah. Anyway, waffling on, aren't I? I am waffling on. Next question. Uh what is your personal favourite podcast episode so far? And this is from Jake the Heron, who we did an episode with. Um I've got to say Tommy Bish, haven't I, Jake? And <laughs> you know why I'm saying that. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy Bish. I'm gonna leave it there, bud um next one if there was one winter method you could use which would it be oh gosh i don't know that is a bloody good question if there was one winter method i could use what would it be depends on the lake obviously but you don't want to hear that um i would have to say then and this is going to be for those of you that know me and have fish with me This is going to sound really weird, but I think if there was one method and I could only use it, it would be PVA bags, solid bags. And I haven't, I'm not a solid bag angler. I used them a lot when I was developing the um, GLM primer powder. It wasn't, you know, necessarily just for bags because it's made to go on boilies, but it works really well in bags as well. Um, So I used it a lot during that testing period and I think if I just could do one method I would do that because you can cast to a lot of different you know onto a, dot, a lot of different substrates in mild weed blah, blah 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 you can add lots of things to it it's not like a boilie where you are somewhat confined by you know will it roll will it stay together blah 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 you don't have that problem with a bag because you're stuffing it all into this little PVA bag um, so it's very interesting actually what you can do um so you can have burst out attraction i could fish somewhat of a single because i could make that bag tiny i like fishing singles in winter um so i could do that um so if i was like really tied to one method i think a pva bag i could have a big one out there for loads of attraction um i could do lots of different things with it and i could have a tiny one if i wanted more of a single approach so yeah yeah i think i would go for that um if you want to know like what I do a lot of the time in in winter, I'll fish over bait happily if it's right to do so. But I'll also fish singles. I am more than happy fishing a very attractive single hook bait in winter. Um, again, you gotta find those fish. Even more important in winter because they're not moving around as much. It's so freaking important to find the fish. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with that uh, a PVA bag. If I had to stick to to one thing and nothing else got to be a pva bag isn't it um next question is do you believe in big fish baits or what would your tactics be to target the bigger older carp in the lake good question yes i do believe in big fish baits i really do um i've spoken about this like earlier in this podcast i did i or did i not um, but that, that's how my GLM products came about. The, I've used greenlit muscle, full fat, not that, not the, don't go for the low fat stuff, full fat GLM. I've used that for absolutely years and years and years, and I rate it so freaking highly. That is one of those ingredients. If I was going to put together a big fish bait, which obviously I have done, um, which I'll be selling soon, then yeah, that is <laughs> I believe in it. I think it does have a bearing on the fish you catch. Does that mean you're not going to catch small ones? No, of course not. You're going to catch the smaller fish, but I believe in that. Um, In the same respect, you know, uh, and Dean Dean rightly said this in one of his episodes BCAs, branch chain amino acids, you know, you could put a good argument forward that they are favored by the bigger fish. Um, I believe in that. You know, the, the, the hydro milk base mix that I sell, it hasn't been out on the market that long. People are are reporting back saying, I'm not necessarily catching as much, but I'm catching the fish that don't get caught. This is, this is, I've had this from quite a few different people. They're like, they're catching the obscure fish that don't get caught. And that is really interesting to me. Um, And they are the, the, you know, the, the older, you know, maybe wiser fish, depending on how you view them um so yeah i believe in big fish baits other baits to be honest i've put together they just seem to catch the bigger fish and i'm not even sure why there must be a reason for it i you know damned if i could figure out why um yeah it it, it, it i can't always i can't always understand the reasoning behind things um but it definitely is there yeah. So yeah, I 100% believe in big fish baits. 100%. There's, if I was going to a venue, like say I went to a new venue, if I just wanted to look good and catch a load of fish, right, I would use probably a different bait than the bait that I go on there with, because the bait I use is pitched towards whichever fish I want to catch. Whatever I think will work for that fish. Again, look, I'm not God. <laughs> I might be wrong. I, I probably am wrong most of the time. Uh, but still, that, that, that's my my thought process and my belief process. Um so yeah. How yeah, definitely um believe in big fish baits. The second part of the question is what would be my tactic to target the bigger slash older carp in the lake? Again, depends what I'm fishing for. Um I don't know how much I want to say because I've just got a ticket for somewhere. Probably not going to be able to fish it until spring to be honest. Um, But there's some big commons in there and there's some big mirrors in there. Um, the mirrors aren't as big and they're a lot rarer and I want to try and single those mirrors out, um, and avoid the commons, which I realize might sound odd, but from a bait formulation perspective, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, so yeah, I'll have a set tactic for that. I don't really want to go into that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'll leave that there. Um, But can I answer it in a different way? What would your tactics be for the larger, bigger carp in the lake? I don't know. Lake dependent, isn't it? A couple of the lakes that I've I've, uh, sort of managed to catch the bigger fish on, I've noticed that they tend to have different feeding areas. So the last sort of big fish that I caught, it didn't come out very often at all like it was it, like some people thought it was dead it was just never seen blah, blah 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 like i found that and it it was it was hanging out in an area that no one really fished um it wasn't really thought to hold fish that area and it, it was hanging out there and it was a big fish it was obviously eating but um and, it, and again going back to body shape it was a very kind of specific shape it had a big gut um, and it was a short. It was it was an old fish, a beautiful fish, but it had quite a distinct body shape, um, which I think, you know, why didn't it get caught much? Probably where it was hanging around, probably the way it was feeding, and quite possibly its preference for bait as well. I believe. Um, so for that one, I just simply, I didn't actually change baits because the bait I was using I thought was perfect for it. I just fished in a different area um and I've told this story I saw it one day I was going to come back. I knew I was going to catch it like I knew it Uh, I just I absolutely knew it I knew I know that sounds weird and maybe like arrogant or whatever but I knew it the way it would I was walking around the lake So I went I saw it one day I was going to come back the next day for a few hours I just before I got there I was re I was like well make sure you tell the full story on the podcast and like I just, it was just a done deal in my head. I knew that I was going to catch it and I knew exactly how I would catch it. And it all happened. Now, look, probably just a massive fluke, you know, which just blew up my ego and I was probably just fucking very lucky. But, um, I don't know. It, It makes you think, doesn't it? It makes you think. And it goes back to what I was saying before is trust your instinct on it. You know, like I think more people should trust their instinct when it comes to fishing. Because the amount of times I've caught fish because of like just a gut instinct, there there has to be something in it. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if that helps. Probably not. But uh, I've done my best anyway on that one. Um, Where are we up to of time? As I said, I am short on time. So I think I'm probably going to leave it for this episode here. Um, And then I will come back to you again with a different episode well with the second half of this episode um there's let me just look how many more questions there are yeah yeah so there's quite a lot of questions left to answer um so i think i'm going to save it for a part two again sorry this episode is not as long as some of the others but i realize you guys want to you want episodes like you want content i totally understand that um for me to make that happen I've just got to kind of understand that it can't be perfect but you know I'm gonna fire it out anyway hopefully those of you that have listened have got something good from this episode um the questions in the next uh the the next half of this seem to be pretty good I'm going to be covering things on let's have a look uh ways to improve boily digestibility how to get a carp on a bait um winter combinations, whether to go down the HMV route or not, I'm just reading out the questions that are upcoming, Um, PVA bag and hook bait mixes, uh, how to make, how to create your one and done hook bait. Um, Yeah, loads of different interesting questions. So uh, yeah, if you enjoy this kind of podcast, tune into part two, it will be much of the same. I will probably do it when I'm a little bit more I've got a bit more spare time and I'll probably go into a bit more detail of things, and I guess I'll probably fill you all in on my angling as well um, and just talk about where I'm at, which is very different from how it has been. I've gone from someone who has like quite a lot of time to fish because I didn't have anything else going on. basically. I just prioritized fishing, doing several nights a week, to someone who's only got once, you know one night a week but I can go to the lake regularly to bait up to now someone who cannot get to the lake only has a few hours fishing per week best um and that's it at the minute I'm turning up to a lake maybe I've got five hours there in the day and that is it and then I've got to go home that's my only opportunity all week I can't bait up I can't do anything else so I'm fishing that very very differently than I would be if I could bait up or if I could do more than one you know session um so perhaps i'll talk about that the changes that i've made and and you know what i'm uh, the way i'm seeing things going in the future um and uh, yeah i've kind of gone from one extreme to the other i realize most people will sit somewhere in between but uh, perhaps it'll be interesting anyway that's it thank you for listening if you carried on listening until now please go ahead leave us a review on the apple app if you listen on apple podcasts leave us a review if you listen elsewhere. I don't think you can actually leave us a review, Um, but uh, nonetheless, I appreciate you listening. By all means, if anyone has any questions, you want any help, whatever it might be, send me a message on social media. I'm most active on Instagram, but you can get me on Facebook as well. Just search Carp Chronicles Podcast and uh, it will pop up. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening and take care of yourselves. I will speak to you soon. If you're still here and you happen to be listening on the Apple Podcast app or Apple iTunes, please take a few moments, leave me a review, let me know how we're doing with this podcast. A, it's really nice to hear from you, and B, it helps this podcast stay relevant and stay in the ratings. If it doesn't stay in the ratings, it falls behind, um, people don't listen to it, and obviously that means there's not much point in me doing it anymore. So if you can, take a moment to leave me a review. I'd really appreciate it. If you're not listening on an Apple device, I don't think you can leave us a review, unless there's some means that I'm not aware of. Um, but nonetheless, I appreciate you listening. It does mean a lot to me. And uh, yeah, feel free to, to reach out on social media. That's it. I look forward to bringing the next episode to you very soon.